ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Australians are known for our banter and that can be so much fun. But sometimes we need deeper conversations. If there's something more going on in our lives, for example, and a bit of friendly back and forth doesn't really touch the sides. This is sometimes where men can struggle to open up and say how they're feeling or to share their concern for others. Former AFL player turned podcaster Dylan Buckley knows this very well and he's tackling it head on in a few ways, one of them being his new book, Honest Chat. Dylan, welcome to Life Matters. Thank you so much for having me. It's very, very good to have you in the studio. And you take on a fair few big ideas in this book. I mean, you've, you've spoken about how during your time playing AFL, you thought yourself speaking up might have repercussions for your career. And so, I mean, tell us a bit about what you were going through at the time that that made you so worried about talking about it? I think like any young man, I was so confused. And I think like for so long, I had absolutely no idea what was going on with my life. I I thought for so long that I was just a really nervous kid. Um, Even through years, you know, I remember going to sleepovers with with mates and I'd always be getting mum to come pick me up at sort of 1, 2 a.m. She just wouldn't even go to bed because she'd know. And um, later in my life, I realised that, you know, it wasn't just nerves. It was something underlying that I was dealing with, um, which was anxiety. And it's, you know, so many people deal with that. But it took me a long time to even realise myself. And I championed this stuff so much that that was actually what was going on. So hence the podcast came along. I wanted to talk to people and ask successful people how they'd done this because I'd felt like I was somewhat a little bit embarrassed about my own journey. Once I started asking them, I realised they were experiencing the exact same things. They just had better coping mechanisms in place. Well, in the book, it's, you write how you know it became clear to you that, that that was impacting your career and your relationships and a whole bunch of other stuff. Tell us about that moment watching TV where it all kind of clicked for you. Yeah, so I was uh, at home. I was watching a, a series. I actually think it might have been on the ABC. It was oh, with uh, Tom Harkin, who uh, runs um, Tomorrow Man. It's an absolutely incredible uh, incredible organisations. A series called Man Up. And I remember sitting there watching him going to schools, talking to young men and, and especially older generation males, the stoic males like a lot of our fathers are. Um, and I could see my dad in those, in those men. I could see myself in those boys, just not having the conversations that we want to have. Um, and from that, that really inspired me to to look at, you know, how I could potentially be someone to help these things. I've always been really um, open and I feel like uh, banter was always something that I was really good at. But how to turn that into actually something that could help uh, people as well was the next phase that I wanted to get to. And I just remember watching that series and I was just bawling my eyes out. Like I was like, far out, you know, like how is this a thing that we're... We're not doing how we're not talking about this sort of stuff. And um, from there, it was a massive catalyst to, to starting my own thing. Well, and I'm interested in what are the conversations that we want to have that you mentioned. But I was so struck by something you wrote about the the tough blokes, the footy blokes are raised to work hard, train hard, rib each other mercilessly and never whinge. Do you feel like some people confuse that idea of whinging with the idea of opening up and asking for help and saying, hey, I'm struggling and that's okay? Yeah, definitely. And I think for me... I, I, I still love that side of being a man as well. And I think that's really important. I don't want to abolish, you know, anything to do with that. I think that it's so cool to be an Australian bloke. But something that Tom really talks about, um, speaking of him, he brings up this notion of range. And it's, you know, if you can't bend, you'll break. And it's like being able to go to that style of jibbing each other, having fun, going to the pub and having a beer with your mates, but then also being able to be vulnerable with your partner and your friends and having range, being able to do both, that doesn't make you less of a man. It actually makes you incredibly just a good holistic person and that's what I try and do myself. It's doing as many of those things as possible. So those bits and pieces I feel like we're very good at and I don't want to uh, lose them, 
But I feel like as well, there needs to be a time when, you know, you can have those serious conversations with your mates and you only get that by developing. It's so uncomfortable too. It, it's not easy. It is so awkward. You get clammy, you, your throat dries up, you feel like you're about to swallow your tongue, but it's like a skill. Um, the better you get at it, um, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And, you know, the first time I haven't mentioned the words mental health in a podcast and really passed out and now I can't go down the street without trying to DNM someone on the tram, you know. It's sort of hard to – it's it's a bit too much sometimes. Take a look at Dylan Buckley's face online. So you can avoid him if you need to. Yeah, exactly, a rough day down the street. He's a former AFL player turned podcaster uh, and he's written this book called Honest Chat, which, which talks about how to make that transition from the ribbing and the banter to those bigger, deeper conversations that we all need to have sometimes. Do you think, Dylan, there are men out there who, who do want to open up more, but are a little bit like, I have not been raised to do this. How do I make that transition from the, the usual way I talk to the deeper way I need to talk? Can you give them some tips on, on ways to start? Oh, for sure. Look, I, I'm not a psychologist. I, I don't, you know, I'm not a doctor and I don't give out any information on this. And I'd first say the best people to talk to are the, the ones in, um, you know, that have, have studied this for life. But I can give my personal experience and that is all just to be really open and honest with your mates. And as I said earlier, it, it really is a skill and you have to start small. Um, I don't think that, you know, you should walk around giving your biggest, darkest and open secrets straight away. It's all about maybe all it is is just going to have a coffee with a friend, asking them how they're doing. Um, one for me that I love and I, I tell my wife all the time, I love playing golf because I love walking side by side with people. As males, we're not good at that, op- that eye-to-eye contact. So golf is four hours in nature, put the phones away and just practice having conversations about um, golf, but then other things that come up. So um, they're two really good ones I'd start with, but um, you'll be surprised when you – vulnerability is contagious um, and so is opening up. And as soon as you say something, someone else will share the exact same thing. You know, you tell someone, I've, you know, I've struggled with anxiety, people are like, me too. Yeah, so do I. And it's something that you really can actually end up bonding over. Well, it's interesting how you say in the book that you really hate the word anxiety. You wanted to like rip it out it. of that chapter. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I think that it's such a – in a sense as well, like for me in my life, I, I think – you can like, try and let it define you, and I, I never wanted that. I just know that it's a part of me. It's something that I embrace. Um, it's something that I, I hate talking about because I don't want to give it power, but also I know that it's a strength of mine now and I can use it in a way and be proud of it because it makes me who I am as well. Um, I, I don't want to let it define me. As I said, I don't want to let it run my life, but I'm also fully acknowledged that you know a lot of people go through this, and the more I can share my experiences, um, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. It's interesting, though, you saying you know that it, you can use it in your favour because reading the book, it's like I was so anxious before games, I used to hope I got injured so that I didn't have to play. How is that serving you? It, that wasn't. Uh, that wasn't for sure, but I think through those really tough times and through that adversity, it forced me to have the conversations to get a bit more power on it because... With mental, uh, with mental health and with anxiety, until you say things out loud sometimes, you know, you saying that now, it doesn't even resonate with me because it's in my head when I would say, you know, I'd be thinking I could go out today in a game, I just want to break my leg so I don't have to play anymore. But as soon as I said that out loud, I was like, yeah, that's pretty messed up. You know, that doesn't really make sense. Maybe we should attack this and try and work out why I'm feeling like this. Um, so I think that whole name it to tame it thing really helps at the beginning. But for me now, you know, I know... Um, I'm living with this my whole life like a lot of people do and I think for me, you know, I'm almost a worst case, a bit of a a catastrophizer in a sense but in a positive way, 
it can um it can always make sure that I have an answer for anything. You know, anyway, I, I've I've played out every single way of this interview today, so I know what the worst case thing could happen, and I know how to fix it if it if it does. We're all like raising our hands silently. Yeah. Yes, we do <laughs> yeah. that. And in speaking with Dylan Buckley today, who's sharing what he has learned, hard earned learnings over the course of his uh, not particularly long life yet, <laughs> but it's done a lot of thinking in that time. And Dylan, you talk too a lot in the book about the importance of that internal language we use. Not not just how we talk to other people, but how we talk to ourselves. How important has that been for you? So important. Um, I'm very woo-woo when it comes to this. I'm a bit of a bit of a freak, but I love um, that internal monologue. And geez, I have some conversations with myself sometimes. And I think a really big thing for me that flipped um, in my life was how I how I was speaking to myself. And I don't know if it's because when you say something, you end up sort of believing it. And even when I'm doing stuff now, I actually internalise everything to the universe because I know that if I want to do it, I put it out there. And then I'm held accountable that I have to have to do it. But how I speak to myself, just for just an example um, of that, how it really changes. As, as a player, I used to walk around going, "Oh, I'll never do this. I'll never do that. Like I'm not good enough. I can't do this." But I think a big thing that I shifted was just how I actually said it was, "I'm not here yet. I'm not where I want to be at the moment, but I'll get there soon." And as I did that, it almost allowed myself to then know that this was actually going to happen. Instead of putting a full stop on things, it was almost a comma. Um, and from there, that honestly, my life changed. And as you said earlier, I'm only 30 years old. Like I've got so much learning to do. And this book is not about telling people what to do. It's honestly just telling you all my mistakes that I've done because there's, there's about 16 chapters of them in there. Um, <laughs> and you'd be amazed at in, in 30 years how many I could make. But um, I know there's going to be 15 other um, chapters to come. But it's all about, for me, the most important thing is every mistake I've made has ended up being a positive um, and they've all come around in in the end. It's like I, I like to say, it's not what happens; it's how you react to it. And um, I've been really lucky in that sense to have good people around me to help me, you know, make those decisions. You're right. At one point, you've got to be your own best mate. And so, when you started talking to yourself like your best mate instead of your worst enemy, did you find that that had an impact on how you were able to speak to other people? Well, I was always a good mate to people. Like I was always a good friend. If they were going through something, I was like, "Let's go." Like I'm strapping on my toolkit. Let's go fix this. You know, if my wife's got a problem, I'm ready to go but when it came to myself it was so negative I was like mate you are so weak you know why are you thinking like this this is embarrassing um, you know I won't use the profanity that I was using but it was really self-deprecating talk and it wasn't healthy um, you know when you talk about it now I was really really negative on myself and as soon as I started changing up that language and sort of chopping the head off it and going if I was a friend how would I react this situation to myself it changed completely I was like mate okay you're a good guy you know what you're doing. You've made mistakes, okay? As long as we learn from it, we do it next time. You've got a game plan to go. So it's almost like I was coaching a friend instead of coaching myself, um, and it was the you know really good way forward for me. You also share about how much you've come to love crying, which is a big thing for a lot of guys, isn't it? Why has it been so helpful for you? <laughs> I, I suppose for me, I was really – as a kid – um, and I don't want to sense that I just cry all the time. You know, I do keep it together on most days, but there are definitely some days. There's that, a safe space. There's a safe space. I'm actually quite a happy crier. So it, it, it was almost like whenever I was watching a movie or an ad with my family um, as a kid, I'd always sort of just make bathroom breaks and, and, and go in the bathroom and sort of wipe my tears. And I was like, you know, I'm actually proud of this now. It's something that I really love. I've got a five-month-year-old son and, you know, he sort of looks at me and, and I just sort of well up because it, it's so special. So I've always been quite an emotional um, person, but I think, yeah, back to that point earlier around the range, like just because you, uh, you know, you get teary when you're with your family or you're watching a, a beautiful ad on, on TV. The one with the puppy. The one yep. with the puppy, yep. the Kleenex ads. It doesn't mean 
that you can't be stoic and you can't have beers on the weekend and you can't be tough and put your put your head over it on the footy field. So I think that's my biggest um, yeah my biggest message in, for young men. Well, another key phrase that that stood out for me was that you you say you you started thinking about the fact that mental health is not the same as mental illness. Why is that an important distinction? Well, I think one it, it, back to that word of anxiety. I think for me it had such a buzzword to it that it was like, oh, anxiety. It's just this word that we use when we express nervousness and, you know, severe anxiety. So with mental illness and mental health, whenever we say mental health, sometimes straight away you go to negative thoughts and you think, oh, yeah, depression, anxiety. But mental health is positive. It's it's the good things too. It's what gets you out of bed. It's, you know, walking in the sunshine. It's eating good food. It's drinking water. It's surrounding yourself with good communities, being engaged with um, friends, having healthy conversations. It's not just the negative things that we think of, not negative things, it's not just the um, the illness side of things that we think of that, um, you know, can be quite uh, scary at times. It's it's all those things together that can help prevent um, anything going on in your life. Dylan, it's been so fascinating chatting with you. Thank you so much for coming into Life Matters. No, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Dylan Buckley, former AFL player for the Blues, podcaster and now author. The book is called Honest Chat. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.